The following show may contain subject matter intended for a more mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Please note, the hosts of this show are not trained medical professionals. They are simply sharing their own personal experiences with mental health. Please do not use it as a substitute for professional help. Do not attempt anything without contacting a trained medical professional. How do I start this? It's gonna be awkward. I might leave this in just because it's really, really awkward, really funny. Did I set? Did I set a timer? See, I'm not. I'm not here. I'm not ready. There we go. Timer. Timer. We want to keep this simple. Hi, my name is Chris. Some of you might know me as Tofu Waifu on the Instagrams. I uh, host a little live show called I Know That Feel. I'm one half of the show. Uh, those of you watching it on that page, we're on a brief hiatus, but. We got you covered with this one. I'm joined by, uh, this is gonna be the co-host of this little jam session right here, Kyle. Hi, I'm Kyle. You can go, uh, you can call me Kyle. I go by Kyle everywhere for the most part. Um, I'm the host of Podcast of X, along with two webheads and a mic, and I do a lot of video stuff on Instagram and YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, video is pretty huge. I think both of us kind of get the groove in video. We uh, collaborate on a vlog. We'll have links below on sure. the resources. I'm getting, so, this show, as of right now, as we're recording this, I'm calling it Talking Feels. There's a chance it might change, but the whole purpose of it is we're going to talk about our feelings, just strictly our feelings, nobody else's feelings, just really sappy, really emo, really, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Maybe some days it'll be in that direction, but mental health is huge. I feel that it's something that people are being more open to talk about. People are slowly breaking the stigma, but there's not enough... I don't necessarily want to use the word content, but there's not enough stuff out there that's really addressing the situation, really helping people out. So that's part of the reason why I'm here. I'm sure that's part of the reason why you're here, right? Sure. Trying yeah. to make it happen. So we want to talk about mental health and how to better deal with it and process it and handle it. Since this is the first episode, we kind of want to just give an introduction to ourselves, just like an overall, like what we do, what we mm -hmm. like to do, and then kind of just talk about how mentally ill we really are. And I'm just gonna say this now, I won't speak for him, but I am mentally ill as fuck. Like, you know how some people are like, yeah, I'm ill as fuck, and they use it in a cool way. I'm mentally ill as fuck. It's bad. I'm pretty, I'm pretty messed up. Pretty messed up? I feel like pretty messed up. Pretty messed yeah. up, yeah, it's okay. Um, I'll, start, I'll start with me. Uh, I mentioned it before, my name's Chris. I am uh, 31 years old. I am a Sagittarius. I like long walks on the beach. I also enjoy anime. So, uh, trying to find me a waifu. <laughs> this is not an advertisement for dating. Sounds like it. Right? I'm trying to like make it like a, a dating on. advertisement. But no, uh, I've been dealing with mental illness like 100% legitimately like all of my life since I was a kid, through my teenage years, up until now. Like, the crazy thing about it when I was younger is there wasn't really a lot of information out there like I know I've had ADHD sure. for all my life and I'm sure I don't know if you ever had a situation going to school be like your kid has trouble sitting still your oh, kid yeah. has trouble sitting and paying attention your kid needs to be disciplined well, you know fast forward to me now it's just like oh I wish I would have known I had ADHD maybe my teachers would have been a lot I don't think my teachers would have been nicer my no, teachers my teachers kind of sucked yeah dude teachers yeah. teachers suck they just oh they just make things worse but no like Growing up as a kid, dealing with a lot of that. I was also fat. I was uh, 315 pounds at my heaviest, wow. so it didn't help. Like, I was the perfect, like, you know they have that nurture-nature conversation? Sure. Like, I had the genetic factors coming in from my family and my parents, right. 
But then I also had the environmental factors to completely mm. fuck me up and mess up my brain. So constantly getting bullied at school, teachers not really being cooperative, going back to home, dealing with a rough situation at home. You just had the perfect, I don't know, the perfect blend of ingredients to just make me mentally ill as fuck. Uh, with the, I keep, I keep saying fuck, so I like to make a note now, probably should have done at the start of the show. Uh... Content's gonna be a little bit more on the mature side. We're gonna drop some swears every now and again. We might go into some content that might be a little bold, a little extreme. If we go in that direction, I will pretty much say trigger warning. We'll have it written on the screen and everything. That way you can be prepared. And if it's something that you might not want to watch, might not want to handle, I'll also put a timestamp. So that way you can kind of skip ahead and kind of avoid whatever might be a touchy subject for you. But that's going into my early childhood with stuff. What about you? How was your childhood like, man? Uh, my childhood was uh, pretty abusive. It involved uh, a lot of abuse from uh, parents, a lot of uh, a lot of bullying from parents. Um, I didn't get too much bullying. I would say it probably would be bullying, but I call it I got fucked with a lot because I didn't. I would say bullying is more of like a helpless state almost, mm. where I'm always like fighting back even against my best judgment type yeah, of situation, yeah. even if it's probably not the best option. I will fight back, so I always got fucked with a lot, um, but I, I never really let it like fuck with me or get to my head too much as most people do when they get uh, bullied. Um, even though I was fucked with a lot, I kind of like I feel like I persevered more so than a lot of people when it comes yeah. to bullying. For me, it's more like self doubt. Uh, it comes from like bullying from family members and stuff like that. That's where I struggle more um, because you know uh, when you. When it's in the household, it's uh, yeah. it's a different whole subject where it's like this weird thing where you love, love them or yeah. you have like feelings for these people, you have attachments towards these people, yeah. yet they're the ones doing probably the most damage to yeah. you, more or less. I think yeah. too, the biggest issue with that is you feel an obligation because they're family, because yeah. you have that sort of bond with them. And it's a saying that I try and tell people like, don't deal with toxic people in your life. Yeah. And that goes double for family. Like Absolutely. just because you feel the blood connection, that sort of obligation, like mm -hmm. this doesn't give them a right to just walk all over you and make you feel like complete trash. But no, I get, I get that dude. That's, oh, that's tough. That's childhood right yes. there. That's pretty much childhood. Childhood man. Yeah. Like I can kind of relate to that. I... My mom's always been really good. She's been caring. I've, there are times where she's overstepped boundaries, but a lot of that has to do with the fact single parent. Like my dad was a trash person, lots of mm -hmm. domestic abuse in the household. Won't go into too much detail about it. That way we avoid any sort of triggering type of deal, but definitely a lot of craziness in the household due to my father. And it didn't really help with the situation when you're going to school being bullied all the sure. time. Then you come back home and you're dealing with that sort of factor. It's rough. And my mom's always done the best to kind of look out for me, take care of me, and since she was by herself and she had a lot of trauma based off of all the other stuff she was dealing with, it was kind of hard for her to sort of process and deal with me when I was having my rough patches. You know, we talked about childhood and for the most part just being bullied a lot, being really sad, depressed, lots of crying, not a lot of anger yet, but then, you know, moving into the teenage years, going into middle school, going into high school, that... Man, that's when you really start to realize people fucking suck, man. Especially sure. in high school. Like, you realize people really feel like kids, kids can be shitty. Kids can be really shitty. Like, I've been a shitty kid myself. Like, I won't even deny it. But kids just treat each other like complete garbage. And I've come to the conclusion that a lot of it is because they don't have good home situations. Like, I don't blame them. When you're going home, shit kind of sucks over there. When you're coming back to school, school kind of sucks. What, what other choice do you really have? Sure, you know? yeah. And I just remember, like, I've always been picked on, but... Middle school was kind of rough. I used to have a bully that like 
two bullies actually, they always made it their thing to just always fuck with me. And one mm -hmm. of them, uh, I should remember his name. His name was Kenneth. He was this little Asian kid and uh, he used to play, we used to have a computer lab and we would play StarCraft every day at lunch. Okay. And like, homeboy would like pick on me all the time outside of the StarCraft thing. Like he just called me shitty things like, oh man, you're fat, you're stupid, you're an idiot, you're annoying, nobody likes you, all that shit. So then, like, when we go to computer lab at lunch, that was, like, my de-stress time. Because gaming's still a big thing for me, de-stressing. Sure. And we go play StarCraft, and, like, Homeboy made it his goal in life to always kill me first in the game. Like, that's how far the bullying extends. He's okay. like, I'm going to constantly kill you, even if I lose immediately after. As long yeah. as I kick you out of the game, you're good. And we have, like, 30 minutes for lunch. So if you die within the first five minutes, you're spending the next 25 minutes of your lunch bored as fuck. But <laughs> it motivated me, much like a lot of angry stuff motivates me to get better in life. I got really good at StarCraft, and I used to beat the shit out of him. So that just made him bully me more outside of that direction. And then I had another bully. Uh, his name was Edgar. I actually saw him once in my uh, later years, in my early 20s, he looked exactly the same, dude. Same glasses, yeah. same black hoodie, same black backpack. Like, it was really uncanny just seeing him. I was like, wow, he looks exactly like he did in middle school. And he was terrible. Like, he threatened me with, like, death. He was also suicidal, so I think that contributed to those factors. And he tried to fight me numerous times, and that one didn't go well. And just really bad experiences in middle school. High school, similar boat, and... I don't need to go into too much detail about high school. For the most part, it got so bad that I actually got pulled out of high school mm -hmm. and I had to do home studying because I just, I couldn't navigate it or deal with it. And that would cause me like, I remember especially early years of high school, I'd go home, I'd yell, I'd scream, I'd lock myself in the bathroom and like punch walls and it just did not go well for me. Like it was just, you have all this anger built up in you that you didn't know how to really process. And my mom at the time didn't really know what was going on with me. And then that's when I found therapy and they kind of just diagnosed me with like anger issues, anxiety, and then general depression. So like that's that's kind of where that all started with me. But what was like what was like middle school, high school type business with you? Uh, middle school was actually really good. I was really popular in middle school. I had uh, I had like my first girlfriend in middle school. People nice. seemed to like me. A lot of people. And then freshman year, you saw those friends right from middle school, um, and then like. End of freshman year, beginning of sophomore year, you start to see people start hitting puberty yeah. and things start changing. Yeah. And friends that you had forever stop becoming friends. Yeah. And you get that situation. And like, so around that time, I just felt like a huge, I guess, identity crisis. Yeah. Almost and just didn't know who I was. Surprisingly, I wasn't like ever like uh, persecuted by anyone, and I, I was pretty much accepted in, like, a lot of, uh, I called myself, like, a rover in, in high school, like, you know, there's, like, always, like, the cool kid area, yeah. and there's, like, the jocks and all that, um, I kind of just, like, moved around from group click to click, and, you know, I never really stuck, hung around with one, if too much drama came in one, I moved to a different one type of situation, um... So I guess I was kind of like a loner, almost, in yeah. many ways, where, like, I talked to people, I guess I would say I'd have a friends, acquaintances in school, but mostly I kept to myself, yeah. for the most part, yeah. and isolated. I think that was more just a choice, probably, from just childhood and uh, yeah. my household situation, more or less. You feel yeah. that one, man. High school... High school's tough because it definitely, like, middle school kind of has it, but high school gets very clicky. Like, you sure. have people starting to get together and, like, older friends from middle school. Mm -hmm. I remember I had a few good friends in middle school that kind of helped me at least survive a lot of the bullying and stuff. And 
when we went to high school, one of them ended up going to a completely different high school because the area they lived in, mm-hmm. the middle school I went to was fine, but then because of their district, they had to go to uh, it was Hamilton High School at the time where gotcha. I was going to Venice High School at the time. And I only had one really good friend that kind of had my back, and he was always a troublemaker at the sense that it was kind of good to have him on my side. Because right. when you have somebody that's like t- tough and hard, you know, having your back, you can kind of help deal with those people. Right. But when he left, you know, a lot of the people that I was friends with essentially when he was gone they're just like oh well we were kind of only hanging out with you because we were afraid of him and just kind of like putting up with you but now that he's gone like you can just fuck off like we don't need you in our circle anymore so didn't really have a friendship circle because of that and then one of my other good friends like puberty happens that sort of thing and like in high school there's a lot of establishing dominance and stuff like that so he went from being a good friend of me to just bullying me yeah. So it kind of flipped the script with him and he went from being a good friend to being a bully and all of that, just like I mentioned before, it kind of pulled me out of high school and it's tough because everybody's dealing with everything. And I feel like, you know, you mentioned the puberty thing, like that causes hormones and everything disorder just build up and add sure. everything up and you move forward in life now and like you realize like everything in high school felt like the end of the world. You like if you have a breakup, you feel like that's it. You're yeah. like life is over like that. If you lose a friend, you feel like you've lost all your friends for the rest of your life. Like everything feels like the end of the world. And when you come into adulthood, you realize it's just part of life. Yeah. You're just like it's it's cool, it happens and you have to deal with that. But when you're kids and when you're mentally ill and dealing with that sort of thing, it's like, oof. It's it's a headache, but I can definitely say high school was not not the business, not the best of times right there, but you survive, you get through it. I did my home studying thing and I was, oh, I was a bit of a shutout for a while after that for me. Uh-huh. After high school? Yeah, after high school because uh-huh. I didn't really go to a normal high school and a majority of my friends were actually people I met online. I got a, I'm not ashamed to say I got addicted to World of Warcraft and it was a bad addiction but it was also a good addiction because it's an MMO, you have a social structure, you have people that you get to be friends with and get to bond with and stuff and when you're somebody that doesn't really go outside and gets to bond with those people. I could say at that point, that's when I started to learn about social anxiety yeah. and realizing that I was really, really having a hard time with dealing with that. And at the time, I was probably like 18 or 19. And I remember my mom was doing good financially. She was like, don't worry about it. You don't have to get a job right now. Just kind of try and figure your shit out, that sort of thing. And it was a good thing and a bad thing because it just caused me to just sit at home most of the time. And that caused me to like peak with being overweight and being overweight, not going out. It just messes your whole mental state, your whole confidence. And most of my friends were online when I would play that game and we would do our best to kind of just like keep each other company. And I remember I got to meet a few of them. We got to hang out. They were really cool people. They didn't live too far. And then I used to play, uh, I moved on from that to uh, Xbox 360, Xbox Live. I made a lot of friends. I made a good friend. He lived out in Michigan and it was a big step for me. It was wild, but like mm-hmm. I ended up flying out there to hang out with him, oh, to snap. hang out with a okay. bunch of my friends. And like, I think I was about like 19 or 20 at the time. And it was the most nerve wracking thing in the world for me. Cause I was just, uh, I remember I started a job at GameStop cause I needed to get money to sort of like fuel my gaming addiction and to start uh-huh. actually doing things. And I was like, listen, if you want to start doing things, if you want to start going out, meeting people, do it. And working that job was scary at first, but it kind of slowly broke down. The social anxiety for me, yeah. then taking a flight out to another state, meeting these different people, like the social anxiety sort of came down, but there were a lot of confidence issues, that sort of thing happening. But it was around then, I'd say I was probably like 20, 21 at the time where I was just like, all right, this is, I'm getting out now. I'm talking to people. I really want to get over my social anxiety. I feel like the next step is to lose weight. Right. 
and I struggled with it a lot, dude. Like it was hard. Like that contributed to just so much low confidence and difficulty. And mm -hmm. when you're an adult, you don't really get picked on as much for it. Like people start to just lax, chill out because it's just you're not in school, you're not dealing with that sort of thing. But I remember like I wanted to start to date and there was a girl that was working at GameStop at the time that I ended up having a crush on and don't I'm kind of back and forth on this, but don't try and date your coworkers. That's my personal advice and experience. Everybody has different advice with that one, but I tried to pursue her, and then at the end of the day, she's like, nah, you're not really my type, and I heard that saying all the time. I was like, all right, you just gotta be blunt with me, so what do you mean that you're not my type? She's like, well, you're kind of chubby and chunky, and I'm really into tall, skinny dudes, and I remember that was the catalyst to make me lose weight, dude. Gotcha. Like, that rejection uh -huh. spawned that, and I just, like, went hard on, like, working out, eating well, losing weight, and, you know, throughout my, like, early 20s, that was a big thing that I tried to focus on, and still wasn't getting mental help, still wasn't really taking therapy or anything seriously, and mm -hmm. definitely still dealing with bouts of anger and anxiety and depression, definitely calling out of work a lot on days when I would feel down or feel anxious so just a just a giant sack of anxiety and depression but that was like early-ish 20s right there going in on that what about you like okay. after high school posting we're going down a, we're going down a little timeline we want to give you guys a history <laughs> about us and how how we deal with mental illness throughout the uh the years um, let's see so after high school went to college um did that thing it was uh it was terrible. I didn't like college. I think what people feel for high school, I probably felt for college. Yeah. Because um, it was just... Everyone was kind of garbage. I met, surprisingly, some of the stupidest people in college. Um, and I was confused. Um, I didn't get it. I didn't realize that the majority of colleges are actually just uh, daycares for rich people, mm -hmm. more or less. Mm -hmm. um, it took me a while to realize that. And then I felt... Uh, pretty like jaded about the world just like I felt scammed college felt like a scam everything felt like a scam um, I got some work and it paid well for a little bit but it didn't really make me happy for the most part yeah. um, paid well got to do a lot of cool things got to travel a little bit but ultimately I wasn't I wasn't happy I hated everything I hated where I was I hated my situation um, I didn't like what I was doing whatsoever um, so I, I just, I just kind of, I would say I kind of went mad a little bit yeah. and I just kind of gave it all up and, uh, which is where I'm at now where I'm working a pretty low paying job, but I'm at least having more time and freedom to do the things that I want right now, yeah. which is nice. It's better. Uh, could use a little bit more money, but, but, uh, currently I'm, I'm doing, I feel like doing a lot better for sure. Yeah. yeah I, where I was. I feel like college, dude, like, I didn't go to college. I tried it once. Like, I went to community college for, like, about a month, and I was just like, nope. Nope, not my thing. I'm glad it was community college, because, man, if I went to a real college and paid or got mm -hmm. loans and stuff, man, I'd be crippled right now. But yeah. I feel like college, for a lot of people, they just, like, feel like they're obligated to be there. Like, parents are like, you got to go there. You got to do this thing. Sure. You got to figure it out. And that just adds more to stress. You're like... When you're not doing what you want to do, when you're not doing what you love, I know it's going to sound cheesy, but when you're not following your calling or your passion in life, that just adds more to the depression and the anxiety that you feel in life. Like, it was about mid-20s for me, like 25, maybe 26, when I really started to 
I lost a lot of weight. I found Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That was a good outlet nice. for my uh, anxiety. If anybody's looking for a good physical outlet to kind of get that sort of thing out, I highly recommend Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I want to get back to it eventually, but like I was mentioning money, that sort of thing, I need to make a little bit of more money before I can jump that boat. But I found that, that really boosted my confidence. I had my first uh, serious relationship. Uh, it didn't end up working out, but it really wasn't all that bad. And what's funny is the girl that I met um, she ended up being bipolar and that was the first time I ever heard about bipolar disorder and what it kind of does and she mentioned how she had periods of lows, the depressive part, and then she had periods of really high energy right. where maybe she's more anxious, maybe she's more this or that and it spoke to me a little bit because I noticed throughout my life, especially once I hit that point, I was kind of dealing with a lot of that ping-ponging. I would have days where I was just completely depressed, not mm -hmm. motivated, not really wanting to do anything. Then I'd have days where I'd just be really ramped up, really anxious, or on a... To spill a little bit about bipolar disorder, the manic side is always the most complex one. You have hypomanic state, which for some people, the way it's exhibited is you have a lot more energy. You don't need to necessarily sleep as much. You actually will feel more confident about yourself, have more of a drive. Your sex drive kind of goes up a little bit. And in a sense, it looks almost positive. Mm -hmm. It's hard to yeah. really diagnose bipolar when you're dealing with that hypomanic side. But then when you go into full-blown manic, that's when you start to recognize more. And I never really dealt with full-blown mania for the most part. So like mm -hmm. when she was talking to me, we would talk about like yeah. what we were dealing with. That's so when she's like, wow, you ever think about getting diagnosed for like bipolar or something I remember at the time I was like nah I don't really think anything's wrong with me I think I just have anxiety I just have depression and I've got my physical outlet with jujitsu I just started being vegan at the time I was like I'm eating really good I'm doing yoga I'm meditating like I don't need medication I don't need therapy like I got my grasp on it right there mm -hmm. and for me it worked for a while it wasn't bad but you know hindsight is twenty twenty. I wish I would have taken it seriously and gotten properly diagnosed then because with something like bipolar, and once again, we're not medical professionals. This is just our own personal experiences, that sort of thing. With bipolar disorder, the longer you let it go undiagnosed, the worse it starts to get because the chemicals in your brain just start to get worse and worse gotcha. and imbalances. So it bounces so. back and forth yeah. more frequently. Yeah, it bounces back and forth more frequently and that's when you'll start to have crazier manic highs mm and really low depressive states and gotcha. man that was like you know it was wild it was wild i was doing pretty good in life i wasn't necessarily having that bad of a time in my 20s but then uh about three years ago i believe four years ago i got into a relationship that uh once again with bipolar to your circumstances in life can cause it to increase and decrease and I got into an abusive relationship lots of gaslighting really bad time don't need to go into detail so don't worry nothing triggering and that relationship took a lot of its toll on my mental health and then I was working as a cashier at Whole Foods at the time and very stable job making a lot of money I had health insurance like everything was going good for me but because of the state of mind that that relationship put me in and because I let my mental illness go undiagnosed for so long, that's when it really started to hit its peak where when I was depressed, I couldn't really do anything, accomplish anything. When I was manic, I just wasn't sleeping. Uh, mania comes with wanting to spend money. Like wild dude, like buying stupid shit. Like mm. 
I had super it, impulsive. Yeah, super impulsive. Like you see something you like, you just buy it on the get go. It makes you feel good in the moment. And sex drive was wildly out of hand. Really, just not fun. Like I know a lot of people hear sex drive like, yeah, it sounds cool, but nah, dude, not when you're like your mind is constantly like drilled in on that. And that's when like that's when it got worse. Like I know I'm rambling. This is like first episode, so we're kind of trying to work the jitters in that. But that's like. It was pretty much two years ago now, after all that happened, after I had a severe breakdown, after my bipolar hit mm. the worst, that I said, all right, it's time to go into therapy. First year, I wasn't open to medication. Second year, I started doing medication, and now I'm here. I am definitely still not in the best shape, but I'm in a much better state now, and I wish I would have taken it much more seriously. But moving forward, you know, diagnosis, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, last year I found out that I'm dealing with a dash of ADHD as well with it and it's been a work in progress, man. It's been a work in progress for me. What about, I've been talking for too long. What about you, man? Therapy, diagnosis, medication? I used medication. to take uh, therapy. Therapy, I take. Whenever I have money, I go to therapy. I recommend everyone go to therapy. Uh, I don't at the moment. Uh, but if you can, definitely go to therapy. I do not take any medication. Um, I probably should take medication, but I'm working towards, uh, or I was, uh, it's kind of on hold now, uh, working towards a pilot's license, which if you're doing that, you can't be on any uh, medication, which, uh, fun fact, there are a lot of depressed pilots out there who are not getting help because they cannot say that they're, um, they're, they're, they need help because then they'll be on medication and they'll lose their jobs, so they just uh, hide it, keep it to themselves. Yeah. And meanwhile, these people are flying you around. So, yeah. Keep that in mind. Wow, that's kind of a... I have a bit of anxiety and slight fear when getting fly. airplanes. And okay. now, like, this information <laughs> just kind of, like, enhanced it. Now I'm sitting, I'm like, well, this is the year where I want to try and uh, travel a bit more. And uh, now I've got a little bit of an interesting feeling about that. Still the safest way to travel. It is. Statistically speaking, airplanes are way safer. Like, we get into cars almost every day, dude, and like, Striking. we're rolling, we're rolling the dice hard on that one, man. I mean, even when we're walking LA, you're rolling the dice from cars. Biking, too. You, yeah. Biking. I've been hit on my bicycle. I've been hit on my skateboard a couple times, too. Yeah. Three times on my bicycle. The third time was wild. The lady hit me. She ran out. And she's like, yeah, are you okay? And I'm just like, yeah, I think I'm okay. And as I was about to tell her my bike's fucked up, she got in her car. She's like, bye, have a nice day, and just drove off. Damn. <laughs> and I was like, but Savage. my bike is destroyed. Oh, man. That's why It's funny you mention the medication thing, because, like, so medication's always had a big thing. I'll say this now, too. Like, talk to a trained medical professional with mm-hmm. medications, a therapist, a doctor, and don't. If you have a friend that's just like, yeah, I have ADHD and they recommended Adderall for me, you should try Adderall. Don't do that because every single medication has different effects. Some people with ADHD, Adderall doesn't do shit for them. For some of them, it makes it worse for them and they need something completely different. Um, With bipolar, I take, what's it called? Seroquel and Lamictal and those are kind of working now. It's been about two years and that's the other thing. You gotta be patient with medication. They're kind of working. But at one point, you know, I had a friend like, yeah, you should try Wellbutrin. I take Wellbutrin, it's good. Man, when I was on Wellbutrin, like, 
like I love coffee. Now imagine having a whole pitcher of coffee just directly injected into you, that feeling 24 seven. That's what it was like yeah. being on Wellbutrin, dog. Okay. Like just constantly like, oh, I can't sit still in my life. It makes my ADHD even worse. And I can definitely tell it popped me into a few manic episodes. So with medications, you gotta be patient with it. I mean, there are some people, depending on what they're dealing with, they can get by without it. It actually sure. is manageable through te therapy and natural methods. But for some people, you gotta, you gotta put it in there because your brain, <laughs> there's a meme I shared, which is like, can I have some, uh, dopamine dopamine machine broke can i have some serotonin serotonin machine broke like that's how some people's brains are wired and because of that you need something pumping those back into your brain otherwise you just you're not going to function properly and medication man that's still the hardest one to try and like deal with and process you take anything like, for adhd adhd no that's the hard part right now they're still trying to uh when you have multiple diagnoses, it's hard diagnoses. 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 Yeah. When you have multiple diagnoses, it's it's hard because they want to give you one thing, mm -hmm. but then they're worried that if they give you one thing for this thing, it's going to ramp up or possibly make the other thing worse or it might have negative effects on one type of medication you take or weaken the type of medication you take. So it's medication requires a lot of patience and just dealing with highs and lows because some of them too when you take them the adjustments are rough like i remember when i started uh lamictal for a week straight i was crying for everything dude like wow. everything would make me cry and i just be like why does my life suck <laughs> everything makes me cry i'd see like i see like a video shared about like a cat or a dog or some shit just <laughs> waterworks just waterworks like why is it so so sad i couldn't watch those uh AS, ascpa or whatever commercials sure. In the arms of an angel. No, dude. I couldn't do that. It's so sad. It's terribly sad, dude. I feel bad for those animals, man. Recording. It's recording? Alright. So, uh... <laughs> part of me wants to, like, address the thing. But, uh... Work in, work in progress. So, uh... A little technical thing just happens. If you notice a little... Boop! There's a reason behind that, but anyway, we're magicians. Tech first episode, work in progress. Things are happening. So, uh, I think I was mentioning how a lot of the issues with medication and therapy in general. I think you just talked about it. Was like you were mentioning how pilots they can't take that sort of thing. If they do, they do. Yeah, they can't qualify anymore. Like, there's a lot of people that work specific career paths that, unfortunately, because of it, like if they have diagnosis, if they take medication, if they go to therapy and then their workplace finds out, they are possibly going to lose their job for it. And it, I think it's like a weird gray area because probably wants to be like, oh man, that's illegal. But then mm. at the same time, it's just like, do you really want somebody that's possibly, who's flying a plane, possibly yeah. flying a plane that one of these days just might be like, man, what if I just eat it? just yeet it off right now like i know there's a bunch of people here with me but what if i just yeet off of here right now so it's medication and therapy in general sometimes are hard for people to access because of that because of their career choice their lifestyle path and in general too there's just once again there's the stigma behind it where we might feel people are going to judge us or think differently of us if we're using medication if we're going to therapy and it's it's something that's going to slowly break down. that's what we're going to try and do we're going to try and break that wall down we ain't building up walls for mental health we're breaking them down, breaking them down. but uh so medication uh 
alternative medications. Oh yeah, so like, what are some uh, alternative uh, medications that you alternative take medications. in your life? So, I might have mentioned this before, but uh, I always joke with people. I'm just like, yeah, you know, you don't need you don't need medication. Just uh, do yoga, praise Harambe, drink your kale shakes, and take your vitamins, and you'll be fine. But uh, for some people, that actually can kind of work. Their mental illness might be at a level where they can process that. But uh, I'm still taking medication now and some things that I've added into it. And before my mental illnesses got really worse, really helped with me. Uh, exercise is huge. Exercise is definitely one that I recommend to all. Uh, I did Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And because I had a lot of anger issues and stuff, that actually really helped me work through a lot of them. A lot of people think when you get into martial arts and stuff, it's going to make you more violent. But it mm. actually calms you down and makes you more disciplined, especially when you're getting your ass kicked by someone else. It's sort of humbling. And what I tell everybody is if you can sit there for a five-minute sparring match and have your arms bent backwards and get choked and be in excruciating pain, everything else in life is kind of a lot easier when you compare it to that sort of thing. But I love Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yoga is still something that I work on just because of the breathing methods. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people think yoga is about flowing really fast and being flexible. It's more about breathing in and out through the poses and stuff which is like meditation meditation you breathe in you breathe out it helps ground you in the moment um weightlifting something i suggest for people as well i haven't dabbled in that too much but i tell a lot of people if you can lift a barbell up you're just lifting your stress right away but uh i mentioned meditation so we can go back to that meditation is definitely huge for me as an alternative medication because uh with mania sometimes, and just in general with ADHD, your brain's constantly going through this loop and thought process nonstop, and mm. you need something to help slow it down. And with meditation, I feel like that that works really well with that because you're spending uh, a form of meditation I practice is mindfulness meditation, which essentially involves you. You can sit down in a chair. You can sit down cross-legged. Yeah. You can even lay down, but the issue with laying down for some people is they get so relaxed they might fall asleep, so yeah. gauge accordingly. But what I just do, right? Yeah. Have you ever meditated and fallen asleep? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to be wild. It's like I'm getting zen. <sighs> yeah. But uh, so what I do is I sit cross-legged. Sometimes I sit in a chair if my, my old man legs are bugging me. But uh, <laughs> I'll do a quick body scan, just kind of like get a feel for where I'm at in the position. I'll take a really deep breath in through my nose and then a deep exhale out. And then after that, just really like slow brush, just like in and then out through the nose. If you have issues breathing through your nose, that sort of thing, you can totally do mouth breathing or in through the nose, out through the mouth, whatever works for you. And for some people, they'll count one in, then two out, then repeat until they hit 10, then go back again. And for some people, simply just focusing on the inhale and the exhale. Like in your mind, you can say, I am inhaling, I am exhaling, or you can go in and out. And you just focus on that for however, like start five minutes if it's easier for you, 10 minutes if you need to. I do 15 minutes some days and some days I'm wild, I can do 20 minutes. I don't know how people do like 30 minutes an hour at that point, my legs hate me. But uh, the idea behind it is it slows your thought, like nothing will ever stop your thoughts. There's nothing yeah, in no. the world that your thoughts are gonna keep going. That's just how the brain works. But what it can do is it slows them down and it also, if you're having a moment where they're not slowing down, it at least helps you ride the wave out. Right. Like if you can sit there for five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you choose, even when your brain is going completely haywire, it'll kind of help you out through the rest of your day. Where you'll be like, all right, you know what? My brain's going wild. 
But if I can sit and breathe for like 10 minutes straight, five minutes straight, mm-hmm. I know I can work through whatever else it is that I'm right. doing in the day. So meditation is huge. Whether you're on medication or not, definitely consider adding that to your routine. Even if you're not, even if you're not dealing with like heavy mental illness, you consider yourself not mentally ill. Meditation is always a good practice to uh, bring into your life. It's really, really helpful on so many levels. But uh, alternative medication, what about you? Because I know uh, you said you haven't messed with medication at all, right? Well, not like uh, prescribed medication, I should say. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of getting your baseline correct first. Eat healthy. Exercise. Uh, do hard things. Do something hard. I don't care what, what it is. It just it has to be very hard. Because going through that struggle of dealing with something hard is very important, I think. Whether it's exercise or like jiu-jitsu or... Uh, finishing uh, something that you're writing or anything like that, just go through the struggle of, of finishing it, more or less. And that struggle in itself is uh, it helps with pers- perseverance. It helps you a lot. Um, so that's like the baseline for the most part. After that, you know, and vitamins, stuff like that. Um, the diet really can help. Diet really can help. the guy who eats donuts. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I try to do meditation. It doesn't help me as often, but I do it nonetheless. More as a discipline than anything else. Um, and then I do a lot of, uh, a lot of mainly just, uh, yoga and, and cardio for me. A lot of my meditation comes from cardio. And uh, I just do, like, whether it's running or a machine or something like that, do it while not listening to anything. Mm-hmm. And that does kind of serve, like, a similar meditative state for me, for the most part. Yeah. Yes. And then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for the most part. And then once a year, I don't recommend it, but I'm going to recommend it. Uh, once a year, I do psilocybin to reformat my brain. Ooh. Yeah. I've actually... Once again, we are not trained medical professionals so before you try any i know he said recommend but (laughs) before you try and do anything of any sort of nature seek professional help seek medical help talk to somebody that actually has a degree in this sort of thing before you go try and do this but yes it's funny you mentioned that uh i've heard a lot of things in general about psychedelics helping with depression uh ptsd things of that nature and they're trying to do more and more research with it the government's slowly giving clearance to do it but i've been hearing just like in actual medical doses where they properly dose it out that sort of thing it's actually helped people drastically yeah it's shown long-term effects months years that sort of thing where it kind of helped clear it up so that's a I'm glad you mentioned that one. That's yeah. actually a wild one to think about. Don't go, once again, don't go drop in mushrooms, LSD, ayahuasca, just yes. professional help. Seek that sort of thing, run it by somebody, and then use better judgment to do that. But that's, that's yeah. If you're, if you're more curious, go uh, look into MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Academic Study of Psychedelics, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, they're the ones kind of like they're the ones that did the huge John Hopkins study that made like kind of psychedelics okay again within the past year or two that's wild um, so they're really pushing uh, to the forefront of a medical application of psychedelics so if you want more information check that out and yeah that's, those are my alternative 
I can dig that. I can do that. One thing with uh, cardio, especially, I remember when I was training for a 5K, mm. I was using uh, the Nike Plus app, and they have the connected gotcha. headspace thing with it. Okay. And the reason why I like doing that is your runs would mostly be silent. The uh, headspaces would pop in and just be like, hey, take this moment to think about your feet hitting the ground, to focus on your inhale and your exhale. Gotcha. Like, sometimes when you're running, you tense up a bit, learn to relax it in. I've noticed that can be a form of meditation because it brings you into the body. Is it that same makes you Australian dude? Yeah, it's the same dude. He's just like sitting there. He's like, oh, Mandy, put it comb. Today I'm going to guide you through your 15-minute easy run. Yeah. He's really calming. Like, I used to use the app. He's very chill. Like, it kind of puts you in that zen thing. But, uh, so, uh, I know I mentioned, uh, bipolar mania, how it can cause you to be impulsive with purchases, but, uh, I'll be honest with you guys, there are things that you can, sometimes spending a little money isn't a bad thing if you do it sure. responsibly, that sort of thing, but uh, purchases yeah. under $100 under that you may more. have made recently yeah. kind of have helped you. What's something for you that for me, you've me first $100 that have given you, uh, that has just helped your overall well-being? Alright, so uh, this is going to sound kind of funny. And kind of cheesy, but there's a whole reasoning story logic behind it with donuts. 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 Donuts yeah. have been a very... They don't cost very much nope. unless you really go hard on them. But So I go to this place called Donut Friend, and the general vibe and aesthetic of the place is really cool. The owner, I believe his name is John Trom... I'm just calling him John Trombone. That's not his right name. I'll have the correct name somewhere around here. But uh, he manages a bunch of big punk rock and just you say pop bands that are out there right now and every donut in the shop is named after one of those bands like uh coffee and cambria is one yeah. of the newest ones that they did really really good donuts uh thrice crispy treat i don't know if they still have that what? one that one's really cool it's a thrice donut with a uh, little rice crisps on top and then uh, one of my recent favorites is uh saves the danish it's named after the band saves the day they had a reunion show and they ended up bringing that out gotcha. it's supposed to be limited thing now it's permanent and cool it's really good the fun thing about it is there's blueberries in it and the lead singer of Saves the Day, I forget where he's from, but his hometown is really well known for blueberries, and he didn't actually know that. So when they put it in the day, he's like, yeah, we did this because your hometown's known for that. And he was like, oh man, that's really rad. But the reason why I mentioned donuts isn't just the fact I'm like, mm, sugar, dopamine, serotonin boosts, is there's a big social aspect behind it for me. Like I noticed spending time with individuals is big. Like I had a date the other day, and I took her to Donut Friends. The second time I took her there, and it was a good time. Yeah. And you know, we were sitting there and, you know, once again, purchased on a hundred bucks. I bought my donut. I bought her donut. I bought a Topo Chico to stay hydrated. It was nice. It was probably about like 10 or $11. And we sat there, we ate our donuts. We got to talk. We yeah. got to just bond and chat. And, you know, it was a good, good vibe, a good, good feeling that, you know, like for me, that social interaction is really big because it kind of carries me through the west of, uh, my day sometimes through the whole week because, uh, Sometimes you feel isolated when you're dealing with a lot of mental health struggles. And when I go out and do bonding like this, it's the sugar rush. It's the fun thing behind it that I'm sharing the experience yeah. with someone else. And it's just, it's a really nice feeling. It's, it's, it's cheap. It's affordable. It's easy. It's a good excuse to get out of the house and 
you can take a date there, you can take a friend there, and either way you cut the cake, you get to be social. And if you happen to be antisocial, you can go by yourself and have a donut. There's nothing wrong with that. But a donut for me, man. Donuts. donuts. What about you? Yeah. What about for you? me, it is uh, mainly uh, books. Books and comic books for the most part. Like I said, I kind of like isolate myself. I'm a loner. So I like being in solitude. So I like reading. I do a lot of nonfiction reading for the most part. So I just like learning about new things, new cultures, etc., etc. For the most part. And when it comes to narratives, you know, I just like... Uh, escaping into that world, whether it be a book or comic books. And recently I've been getting into more and more comic books uh, uh, as of the past two or three years. But uh, yeah, that's mainly my big uh, escape slash enlightening slash enrichment uh, time that I give to myself is just reading alone by myself. And it, it, because uh, I'm also uh, very, um, what is it called? Um, uh, 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 I can't think of it. Were you, were you, were you Introvert? introverted? Introvert. There you uh, go. <laughs> so like it's like my refuel time almost. That's that's what I do when I yeah. need to refuel and be alone and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's nice. Did any that, yeah. any books in particular? Any that books you in particular that you kind of like? Um, recently, nothing in particular that's new. I reread uh, a book by uh, Ramit Sethi called I Will Teach You To Be Rich, which I've read before. It's just a book on like random personal finance. Mm -hmm. um, that was okay. Um, I've also read, um, what's that one book? Tara Brock wrote it. It's called something Overcoming Mindfulness, which is, mm -hmm. it's interesting. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of slow, but yeah. uh, there's nuggets in there, which yeah. I, I dig. Um, so yeah, those are like probably so like self-help, self-improvement. Kind of, of yeah. Personal development. Bit. Yeah, a little yeah. bit, yeah. I can dig that. That's good. Yeah, so, yeah, those are purchases that we've Radical made mindfulness. That's what it's called. Radical mindfulness. Yeah. I like that. I like that. So, uh, medication. We've gone through our, like, history from, like, childhood to present with mental health, uh, purchases and stuff. Sure. I'm, like, trying to... Trying to find a direction for this to go right now. I'm like first first episode, first sure. process. We uh <laughs> we actually had a direction, but there's a little uh once again, for first episode technical difficulties. Don't mind us. This isn't this isn't the first one that we've just had. <laughs> oh man. So I think where I wanna go with this before we uh wrap up the mental health portion and go into the uh the more lighthearted and thing to end it with is, uh, you know, everybody is dealing with a struggle. I don't know if I got to address this before, but like everybody's dealing with a struggle. Everybody's dealing with something. Everybody's having negative thoughts. Uh, to be blunt, everybody's mentally ill. And I hope I didn't offend anyone. If I want to put online more, everybody's dealing with some sort of mental thing. But You're you know, <laughs> he yeah. said it, not me. Yeah. Unsubscribe, unfollow. Peace out. I don't know why I stayed here this long watching it. We're sorry. <laughs> but, you know, it's... Oh, now I remember where I want to go with this. So we all put on a mask when we are presenting ourselves to the world. And now, now I remember the story. So girl I'm seeing does dance. And when she went to dance class, they had her do this really cool exercise, right? And the instructor said, I want you to go up to the mirror and... Think about how you present yourself in databases, the mask that you wear. Now, I want you to take that mask off 
and it sounds it sounds like a cliche thing, dance like nobody's watching. Dance as if you're being your truest, rawest self. And she did the experience, and then the instructor was like, now I want you to put the mask back on and try and dance. And what's funny is she told me it was harder to put the mask back on once she had taken it off. And I feel like going into your day-to-day -day life, if you start to... It's not easy, and I feel like even if we say we're going to take the mask off, we're still going to slowly pull it on. When you start to be more open about yourself, be more honest about yourself, I feel like it sort of breaks the wall down and makes it easier to navigate life. And one of those things for some of us is acknowledging the mental struggles that we deal with. Like mm. for a while, I would be like Mr. Optimism on Facebook. Like nobody knew I was mentally ill up until about three years ago. Then everybody was like, man, Chris is fucked up. But... I would wear this mask of like, everything's okay. Nothing is wrong. I don't have problems. I'm positive. All these good things are going on in my life. And it wasn't just bad for me for my mental health because I wasn't getting help because I wasn't addressing it. But it also started to create this persona of mine that wasn't real. And when I wasn't being myself and I was trying to mask that around others, it just, it made me miserable. If anything, it added to my mental illness being worse, being... I don't know if the word is debilitating. Whereas like now, like I'm sitting here talking about it as openly as I can on a podcast. I'm sitting here trying to represent it. When I'm out with people, I try and be more honest about my moods. Like I made a post on Facebook where I was like, man, it's today it's technically 14 days. It's 14 days into uh, 2020 and man, am I, am I overwhelmed as fuck. Like I'm feeling stressed. Like I've been an anxious potato the last few days, but <laughs> I'm also doing a lot of great things right now, which makes me understand, yeah, I got to accept that this comes with the territory, but yeah. just being open about that, just letting that out and saying that to the world, I was just like, hey. I am overwhelmed and it's okay. And like, I know it's cheap, but like people were liking the status, people were leaving comments like, no, we feel you. Like we're in the same boat. All of a sudden taking that mask off and presenting that right. allowed me to accept it more and be a little bit like more laid back with it. And I think like social media has this ability to present how things look good. Uh, celebrities are a great example. Like I feel like a lot of celebrities deal with, they battle demons, they deal with negative mental health things. But the problem is, since they're celebrity, their social medias are built to cater to look and have a lot of optimism. Like The Rock is a good example. Yeah. Boys like swole and yeah. built and doing good. But I guarantee you he has negative thoughts. I guarantee oh, yeah. he has dark thoughts. I'm sure there's probably interviews out there where he talks about sure. his struggles and everything. But if you go to his Instagram right now, it's super so like, like, hey, I'm swollen. I just did this workout routine and that. Like, Terry Crews is a good person to follow. He uh, made a post once. I'm going to try and like bump it into here. He's talking about something how like he likes building Legos. And he says, because all of us are like Legos and we just need to put the pieces together slowly. And then we'll be like complete. It's a great metaphor. I'll have okay. the actual thing here. I'm like butchering it. But that's like, that's something important right there. But I guess to end the whole mental health thing and the whole serious thing is like everybody's dealing with something. Everybody's mentally ill. Everybody's wearing a mask. Some of us yeah. are better at hiding it and some of us are slowly working to be more candid and open about it. And that's what this, this thing is here for, to help you understand you're not alone. Like even if you're not ready to take your mask off and present that to the world, at least maybe hearing other people slowly breaking their walls down will help you process yours. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. That's... uh. That's the whole serious mental health portion. Now we want to jump uh, 
end it the last uh, 10 or so minutes with some uh, some good good, some uh, happy things, some nerdy things. We're both a couple of nerds, so, you know, maybe uh, lighten the blow right there. So, uh, some things, Kyle, I want you to start. What's some, yeah. uh, be it project you're working on, a TV show you just watched, video game, book, you bought a toy, whatever it is that you've done recently sure. that's kind of got you feeling good, feeling happy. Yeah. doesn't necessarily have to tie into mental health at all. Either. Not at all, yeah. yeah. Um, currently, just uh, things that are just sparking fire, uh, sparking interest in me. Uh, not a plug, but House of X and Powers of X. Uh, a the podcast new... about that. I do, I do. Not a plug. Um, <laughs> uh, it is... Uh, Definitely brought the passion back into my heart when it comes to comic books and reading comic books. Um, what they're doing with the X-Men right now. X-Men's always been about adversity, so it's yeah. always been like a big uh, comic for, for me personally. But just having it back, having Marvel care about it again, not burying it deep down, mm -hmm. not giving a shit about it, um, actually putting forth effort into uh, telling great X-Men stories. Yeah. I am loving every moment of this um other than that uh creating i just like creating i have no particular project that i'm working on at the moment that i feel more passionate about than the other but just creating in general right now i'm just doing everything from interviews to short films to uh cosplay kind of montages to stuff like that and just kind of putting it out there and seeing what sticks and all of it's just uh, it's just fun, and uh, regardless of what you do, I think uh, everyone should create to a certain extent. Um, outside of that, something that I'm watching, or something that I've watched in the past, right now I'm kind of not watching anything, but I always reference Naruto, so mm. Naruto is one of my favorites, because what happens is he does not end any battle with a just punching fools and whatnot. Um, the way that Naruto wins a battle is via talking to his opponent, empathizing with them, communicating with them, and uh, showing kind of empathy towards his situation and his kind of circumstance. And that's how he kind of brings people over to the good um, rather than, you know, punching them to death for the most part. Um, and that's what, uh, that's what I always loved about Naruto, uh, Takno Jutsu as I like to call it, um, where he just... He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to use pain or violence. He, he uses his words to bring peace. I like that. Yeah. I feel like uh, before I go into like my recommendations, I feel like that that in general is really huge because it's just communication is something people in general mm -hmm. have hard time. I think we should do an episode about that. You know, but like people are afraid of verbal conflict, which is like I'd rather talk something out with somebody than friggin' throw down and that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah. it's just. To see Naruto face some like massive battles and struggles and just talk it out with somebody, it shows yeah. the power of communication. Once again, like the whole peeling off the mask and certainly just talking is sometimes huge. And you know, if anybody's ever like, man, don't talk about your problems, but like Naruto talks about problems. Naruto yes. solves things with words. It's funny. You know, I don't know if you ever grew up, people are just like, solve things with your words. Naruto's a living example of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I will really say, is. though, there are situations where I'm sure Naruto can't solve it with words, so he has to throw it out. So sometimes yeah. in life, you yeah, can try with the words. If you can, sometimes you got to go. <laughs> no, I like that. Wait, that's good. Uh, with me, some stuff that I've really uh, been enjoying. Uh, 
Gaming's huge for me. I mentioned World of Warcraft. I used to have an addiction to that, not ashamed mm -hmm. of it. But uh, recently, I've been playing a lot of Borderlands 3. Nice. I really like that one because it combines two of my favorite genres. Yeah. It's first-person shooter mm -hmm. and it's RPG, but in particular, yeah. it's uh, it's loot crawler style yeah. RPG. Like Diablo, that sort of thing where you kill a massive amount of mobs, you get yeah. all this loot, upgrade, upgrades. constantly yeah. get better to kill more massive amounts of mobs and get even better gear. And I kind of like it. Like It's got a great story. It's really out there, really wacky, really fun, but... For me, especially because of ADHD, I like things that are constantly moving, constantly going, keeping me engaged. Like, I love Kingdom Hearts 3, but it was hard to play because it was just like, yeah, action! And then it's like a 10-minute cutscene, then 5 minutes of action, then a 20-minute cutscene. I'm like, having trouble sitting still here. <laughs> but with Borderlands, it's just constantly going and constantly right. moving in. I just like that it come. It becomes kind of meditative. Like I'll sit there for a couple hours at night before bed and just get into the zone, just killing mobs, collecting loot, keeping it going. And yeah. I kind of like it. It helps calm the mind, de-stress. I love Overwatch. Overwatch is something I'm constantly playing. Love-hate relationship with that <laughs> one. But I love the competitive aspect of it. I get to try and coordinate with other people and strategize. And that's just really fulfilling to me. Like to constantly win and see myself climb up the ranks is sort of like... It's cheesy, it's like a weird flex, but sure. it's fun. I actually found out I'm in the top 500 Overwatch PS4 players. Um, weird flex, but it's kind of cool to have that little bit of a little bit of bragging rights right there. The goal is like top top 200 by the end of 20, 2020. I don't know if I'll hit that, but it'll be we'll something see. fun. Sometimes you just got to have goals to aim for, even sure. if you don't get it. The journey along the way yeah. is part of the process. Who's but your I got, main? Oh, dude, right now I'm playing a lot of healers. Uh... Rotating out between Baptiste, Zenyatta, and Ana. I still sprinkle Moira in there. Okay. Moira's been a big main of mine for a while, but good. recent balances and changes have yeah. done that. And I do tank a little bit now, and I really love playing Zarya and Reinhardt, especially Reinhardt after the recent buffs. Oh, I love Reinhardt's Reinhardt. a beast, dude. Just will, smacking people will, with that I will, hammer. I will destroy you with Reinhardt. Oh, Reinhardt's good. But yeah, I, <laughs> I love Overwatch. Outside of that, um, I just finished reading uh, Gwenpool Strikes Back. I think that was a great comic series yeah. and kind of try and dive in without any spoilers. Gwenpool is at the verge of being retconned and completely erased from Marvel history because uh, she doesn't have a superpower and Marvel's like, hey, we don't really know how to fit Gwenpool into any of this. It's a giant diss at not just Marvel, but the comic industry as a whole kind of cutting back on things like they did it with x-men a while back where like yeah. they lost the rights to x-men like well we don't want to work on this anymore we're just going to kill them off and humans all of that and gwenpool is pretty much fighting for her place to belong in the comic book universe and it's really fun really wacky and you'll enjoy it i, I won't go into spoilers but yeah. as an x-men fan like once you read that last issue there's something that goes okay. down in there that'll make you yeah. really really enjoy it so okay gwenpool strikes back and then tv the witcher the witcher the witcher's been really good uh I know for some people it's still fairly new, so no spoilers, but it's extremely well done. The choreographing of the fight scenes is amazing. Henry Cavill's a friggin' beast, and I haven't seen a lot of TV shows or movies pull off the use of magic very well, and obviously Netflix probably had a huge budget, but the way all the magic goes down, just the inner nerd in me, especially yeah. the gamer in me, is like, holy shit, like, very accurate to the game as well. Like, there's moments where, like, Geralt is in like a dark situation so his eyes will turn black and get that bleed effect so he has his night vision thing exactly like the game and they even have the use of potions and stuff in there so really well done TV series which episode is like an hour long so if you're feeling kind of like meh 
just tune it in, binge it out, zone out. So yeah. really good. But I'm a huge nerd. Those are three things right now that I've been really hyped about. Those are three things, four things if you count Overwatch. Yeah, things, okay. yeah. That's stuff I've been hyped about. Uh, you mentioned some stuff I've been hyped about. That's yeah. uh, that's pretty much it. That's been the uh, first episode. Uh, work in progress. We're gonna try and uh, hunker down, structure it a bit more, work on it. But first and foremost, this is for all of you. We really are doing this. It's a good platform for us to kind of like discuss, have fun let out some of the things but we really want to do this for the rest of you and help you not feel alone mm -hmm. and right now if you're watching this be it facebook or youtube in the comments below you know if there's something that we said that resonated with you go ahead and hit us up if there's something you want to hear more about and if there's something you want to hear us discuss in a future episode or have a question that you like to address we'd like to do a segment involving viewers uh go ahead and drop it in the comments um if you kind of want to be anonymous Right now, I'm gonna say maybe we'll set up a different email for the show, but temporarily, uh, I know that feel show at gmail.com. This is sort of like a side project in relation to that. Shoot an email there. You can be anonymous, be like, hey, this is my question, this is my thing. I don't want you to say my name at all, but I just wanna hear, I just want you guys to address it. We can take care of it like that. If you're listening to it audio wise, um, Email. Email is probably the best place to hit us up and try and get it. And you can address it to one of us in particular. You can just address it in general. Um, we're going to try and do this weekly. We're going to try and have a specific day where we'll try and upload it. Once again, work in progress, so bear with us. We're still learning it. We had some technical hiccups today, which was a really lot of fun. But, we'll uh, learn. We'll learn. We'll yeah. learn. But that's it. Uh, like, share, subscribe, all of that good stuff. I probably said that already. I'm always bad with outros. Um, any closing words? Closing statements? Um, just keep being yourself. Don't, don't, uh, don't let others, don't let others' judgment stop you from being you. That, that's pretty dope. I'm not gonna add anything to that. We're gonna leave it right there and we'll go on for that minutes. So, uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. And, uh, don't forget to praise Harambe. Praise Harambe, people. We're gonna keep them alive. <laughs> praise be. Legends never die if you keep talking about them. It's true. It's true. All right, <laughs> we did it, we did it, we did it. Cool.